perfection doesn't create connection. You want to be as you and human as you are with your friends in your emails. You want to write engaging stories in the way that you would tell them to a friend. It makes them feel connected to you. It makes them feel like they would be friends with you in real life. And that makes them want to buy from you. Even if they don't necessarily need what you're offering, some people will buy it just to feel more connected to you and to get to experience you in some other way. It can seem like celebrity entrepreneurs won the jackpot, but there's more to this story. Behind the blockbuster coaching programs, offers, and live events are stories of careful development, fixed mistakes, and strategy. On this season of the Coach Pony podcast, I'm sitting down with successful business owners to ask them, how do you build that? I'll talk to a wide range of coaches and leaders, digging into how it all started, what they learned, and what you should know if you want to play a similar game. And with that, let's get down to business. Today, our guest is Laura Belgray from Talking Shrimp. She's a world-class writer who uses email to sell amazing online programs. She got serious about selling programs using writing with a DIY offer called Inbox Hero that made over six figures the first time she launched. And we want to know exactly how she built it. Laura Belgray, you are the next guest on the Coach Pony Podcast. Come on down. Welcome to the podcast, Laura Belgray. I am so excited you're here. We are here to talk about online programs, specifically do-it-yourself online programs. And you have an amazing one, Inbox Hero, that made six figures the first, the very first time you launched it. So of course, I want to hear this story. So welcome to the podcast, Laura. We're so glad to have you here. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to be here. And oh, thanks for giving me an open to talk about Inbox Hero because you know, usually I have to wedge that into the conversation. Now it's just, it's all laid out for me. The stage is laid. So thank you. We are going to, we want to hear everything. So I want to go back to the day you got the idea to do this product in the very beginning. So mm-hmm. tell me what gave you the idea to create Inbox Hero first, and then what gave you the idea to make it entirely do it yourself? Okay. So it started probably with a product I already had out, which was a a mini course called 60 Minute Makeovers Copywriting Mini Course. Longest name in proportion to any course there ever was. And that course is 60 Minute Makeovers. It's before and afters examples of web copy, sales copy, social copy, and I think probably just one email in that. And it was a popular product, kind of a low accessible no-brainer price for my audience. They love the whole before and after style. They love seeing the work I did. Everything's marked up and annotated with like how I would improve it. And then I show the afters. And I, I started getting really into email, like just geeking out on it, filling up my, like creating a welcome sequence, probably because I switched to ConvertKit that from AWeber and ConvertKit had a welcome sequence kind of 
templated out for you. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. And I started seeing the effects of that, the like my open rates jump and people uh, start, you know, buying my stuff more. And it was really exciting. I was like, oh, wow, email really is powerful. Now I get it. Now I get why everybody's been saying the gold is in your list. I didn't really understand that before. I started writing about email, talking about it, and I guess establishing myself as an expert in email and especially story-based emails that are fun to read and sell. So people who took my 60-minute makeovers course would often ask me, do you have anything like this but just for email? And I was like, I don't, but I could. And so I set out to make it a, to make a mini course, another mini course, but it it would just be an all email version of 60 minute makeovers. And so I started collecting emails that I wanted to make over and that folder grew and grew. I was like, there are so many here. And I started doing them and what was going to be a mini course turned into more than a hundred pages of email makeovers. I did these before and afters, and then I did reverse makeovers in it where I took emails that already worked, mostly mine, but not all mine, and kind of reverse made them over. So like the normal way to do this would be, you know, the average line here would be this, or the bad way to do it would be this, but instead it's this. So you kind of get to see both sides of it. And the whole thing was a PDF. That's kind of a surprising way to sell a course for some people, but people love it. But the DIY aspect is just what I wanted to sell because I love delivering something that is one and done. I love putting it in their hands. You download it. Now it's yours. Via con Dios. And, you know, not that people wouldn't like some more guidance and help with it. A lot of people want that live aspect. And then I offer some bonuses usually, or I, I'd say every time, um, for instance, Q&A calls like office hours, but also live email makeover jams. So people can submit their work and everybody gets to see me make over these emails live on the spot and see, see it happen live. But it is mostly a DIY self-paced thing. And that's just the way I love to deliver a course. It's just because I don't, I don't love making good on something, you know, like I hate having to make good on money. I've already been paid. I like to have the exchange of value right there on the spot. Here's the money. Okay, good. Here's what you bought. And then we're good to go. So you built this over hundred, you said 150 page program And then you had to set a price for it. So tell me, how did you determine the price for this? So I think I kind of based it on the price of things I've delivered before and offered before. So 60 minute makeovers was $99 and still is. And then I had an about page builder course that was same style. Uh, It's all on the page. And that was $199. And so for starters, like at the very beginning, I wanted to offer this at a somewhat similar price. It had to be more because it there was a lot more value. This is, was built out like way beyond a mini course. So uh, I made it in the very beginning $299. I just wanted it to be a no-brainer for anybody who was a fan of my stuff and had already bought from me. And it worked. I mean, that that was the launch at two ninety nine. That was the first launch. And 
it did make over $100,000. And then I raised the price the next time because people were so happy with it. I was getting such great testimonials. And I feel like pricing should be done a bit on, well, you should always test out your product and see how people like it and see if it gets results. And so your pricing, I think, can be based not just on how big it is and how much stuff is stuffed into it, but on the results that people get from it. And since they were so great, I had such incredible testimonials coming in. I kept it at $299 for the next launch, but also sold Story Hero, which was a new, which was a spin-off. It was just a training on storytelling for emails. And you could buy them as a bundle. Uh, so mm. that came out to $4.99, I believe. And then that's where I kept the price with Story Hero now included inside Inbox Hero. So they get both pieces and that gives them some video training. If for people who don't want just a PDF, they also want some video, something they can sit down and watch and feel like they're interacting with me as a person. Uh, so that's that's pretty much how I priced it. And when I was talking about just now about stuffing all the stuff that you can into something. I'm reminded of something I just heard. I'm listening to this audio book, Jesse Klein called I'll show myself out. Uh, it's personal essays. And she's talking about teaching her son to potty train her toddler. And I guess, obviously her toddler, we'd hope. <laughs> and she's talking about how she bought this book to learn how to potty train and it was just this massive book and she's saying in her essay I don't want a massive book I don't want the ins and outs and the emotional context and uh, the soul searching that goes along with potty training I don't want all this stuff around it I don't want a book I want a pamphlet she's like I will pay twice what I paid for this book if you give it to me in a pamphlet I find that very validating because I do think we don't want to stuff our courses so full of stuff that it's overwhelming to people and they never get around to it. I think shorter and fewer components is way better than a million different things stuffed into one. Yeah, I love that. And when you want to take action and get something done, you want to get that thing done. You don't need, if you need a slice of the pie and that's what you want, you don't need right. the whole pie. And it is something that I designed so that you could have a slice a slice at a time. You can come back to it. You don't have to go in order. You can just flip through it, buffet your way through, you know, oh, over here. That's, that's where my eye went. I'm going to focus on that email. So talk to us about what it cost you to develop this product and get it to market. If you can just ballpark, what did you spend along the way to get it ready to sell? The only added cost to my usual overhead was having Michelle Martello, who's been my designer developer, uh, digital conciliere, like all things digital, having her turn it into an InDesign file. There's a lot involved in making little annotations that are in the margins, readable, a lot of trial and error. And it is uh, a work of art that you wouldn't notice. Um, it, it makes it look easy. So she put a lot of work into that. I didn't do ads. So I'm trying to think of any other expenses. I wrote the sales page myself and wrote all the, any of the promos, promotion that went around it, social emails, et cetera. And nothing else, I don't think. 
And then do you remember, and this might be hard to remember, but what size was your email list when you launched it the first time? I believe it was 10,000 people. I think it was 10,000. It wasn't more than that. Um, I think it had jumped from 6,000 to 10,000 10, like in that year. That's awesome to, to make 150000 from a $299 product. Amazing. Really, really, really yeah. great. That's a lot of sales. It's a lot yeah, of sales. it's a lot of sales. It was very high converting. And a friend of mine was like, you know, you've got the right price point, the right offer. If you don't turn this into an evergreen funnel right now, you are a moron. She didn't say you're a moron. She was like, sorry, kind of like I can't with you. And then I didn't. So... <laughs> Uh, but I know that it could have. How long did it take you to develop the product from when you first got the idea, I'm going to do this, to the day you opened Cart? What was the timeline there? Because I, I think we always want to know, how long does it take to do something like this? I launched it on my 50th birthday, which was October 30th, uh, 2019. And... I started working on it and worked on it fairly steadily, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there each day, like over that summer and then handed it over to, so I would say probably spent most of July and maybe August working on it, then handed it over to Michelle and then had to go back and forth editing it a bit or adding this in, adding that in and then it was ready to launch, like ready to go in October. And I remember writing the sales page. I was at a conference at Copy Chief Live. I was speaking there the week of my birthday and the week of the launch. And I remember being at one of the back tables, writing my sales page on the fly. I think I had thought, I'm going to do this without a sales page. I'm just going to do it in email. And then I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I can't, you know, I have the the structure in here, um, the framework in my website to make a sales page. I had Michelle help me kind of last minute. I'm like, can you put in some graphics into this and create a framework out of this copy I've put in a Google Doc? And then I did the rest right there in, in the page. You know, I'm ashamed to say while other speakers were speaking, I really wanted to pay attention to what they were saying, but was also <laughs> writing a sales page at the same time. What I'm taking away from this story is that sometimes you can get away with doing a good launch last minute and kind of things come together often in a launch. A few things will come together in the middle of everything that's going on around the launch. And so that's actually not uncommon, I find. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not strategic at all in terms of plotting things out on a calendar and here's when I'm going to launch. And that means I have to start talking about it here, unless it's an affiliate promotion that's all map mapped out for me. So me, I'll just realize like, oh gosh, my launch is, you know, two weeks away or three weeks away. And so, which is what happened in this case. And so I started making a real push to talk about emails to my list like every email I wrote was about emailing, about writing emails, about what they have done for me in my business, how I use them to sell, et cetera, to whip up desire, get people interested in Inbox Hero and let them know that it was coming. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there's no refund on Inbox Hero. Is that always that's been right. the case? Yes, that's always been the case. 
Tell me a little bit about that decision. It's a digital project, product, so you get it right away so I can understand why there's no refund. But what made you decide the first, the first time out not to offer a refund on it? You just pinpointed why, because it's a digital product, totally downloadable. You know, I know that the math probably says I would sell more, I would make more in the end if I offered refunds, you know, uh, no risk guarantee, uh, even if plenty of people, you know, a good number of them downloaded it to enjoy and then asked for their money back once they had it. But I just felt like, no, I don't want to do it that way. I didn't feel like dealing with the customer service end of it, even though I have somebody doing customer service, I didn't want to add that burden to the process. And every time I consider like, oh, should I give it a, you know, a no, no risk guarantee money back, no questions asked, or should I do a action takers guarantee, which means that no tire kickers, you know, you can get your money back if you've shown, if you show you've done the work and I might do that at some point. It probably is true that I would make more doing it that way and people would be happy about it. Um, and I do like the idea of making people feel safe, but I just don't change things that often is the truth, even when I should. I really <laughs> admire it because it is a digital product and yeah. it's really, I'm with you. It is really nice to have some products in your suite where there, you know, the customer service on the back end is zero because you're, it's upfront. It's, you know, one and done in terms of how that transaction goes across. So I love it. I just, what I love about it though, is you did it on the first offer before you had testimonials, which, mm -hmm. you know, is, is ballsy, you know, to yeah. some degree for that, for, for the first round, but I love it. And it, and I just, I wanted to highlight it because it still worked, right? That yes. You did something that felt good to you and your business. You decided based on what you want and how you like to operate, you drew the rules that way to support you. And it worked. Yeah. It's true. It did. And thinking about it more, I, I've also experienced, just witnessed that people treat courses kind of like a bank, like they pay for it. And then they're like, mm, I haven't been using it. I'm going to get my money back. Oh, now I have new money. I have found money. I didn't want to deal with that side of it. I have the all the caveats there, like this is a non-refundable product. And so it keeps people from buying it on the off chance that they might use it. And if I don't, I'll just get my money back. There's skin in the game there and it gets people to actually open it. Like I have it, I can't get my money back. So I guess I should open it and use it. And I think it gets more results that way. Yeah, I agree with you. There is something to making sure people have skin in the game and actually do it. And to your point, if they get the results, that's a huge win for them. Yeah. And for anyone thinking about buying a program, what you should be asking yourself, regardless of if there's a refund policy or not, is will I get my return on investment? If I invest several hundred dollars in Inbox Hero, do I think I have the skills coupled with this to make at least several hundred dollars back? And the answer should always be yes, yeah. right? As you know, coaches, we want we want our clients to get great results. That's why we're here. We're here to help. And so there are things like this in your business structurally that can help push people along to that to those results, yes. even if it sort of seems unusual or different at the time. So I wanted to yeah. add that because I love, I love this story. What was your expectation of the first launch when you did it? Did you have a revenue number or another mental goal might not have been revenue in mind? Can, do you remember that? I did. It was a hundred K. It wasn't, I've got to break a hundred K or I'll be really down on myself. It was just like, how awesome would it be if I broke a hundred K? And 
I tend not to do the thing that you're supposed to do, which is set a revenue goal and then st- set a stretch goal and set a impossible goal, goal or whatever it is. Yeah, conservative, <laughs> big, hairy, et cetera. I have, wouldn't that be nice goals in my head? And I have, I'll be really pissed if I don't make this number also in my head. And then sometimes I adjust that as I go along, like, well, maybe I'll be, I'll be fine if I make that, you know, if it's looking like the outcome is, you know, if it's looking disappointing, uh, I will still push, you know, if figures are not where I want them to be and like rethink and add more incentive um, as I go along, like maybe I should add in a bonus, or maybe I should write a few extra emails. I will do that to nudge the numbers, but I still don't, I still don't have those firm goals in my head, which may or may not be a good thing. But you smashed it. I love hearing the story. You had a mental goal. Six figures is always a nice little launch number, um, especially for a lower price product, right? It's easier to make six figures if your product is like three or $5,000, right? right. Um, But I love that you smashed it. That's awesome. So it wildly exceeded your goal in that case. Yes, it did. I think it was 160. Now now it's a blur because I've launched it um, quite a few times since 2019. So like probably four or five times or something like that. So I think it was 160 or 170 the first time around. And that did, uh, it took me totally by surprise. I couldn't, especially at the end, I was like, holy crap, um, this is so much more than I predicted. And then the next launch when I, which was kind of insane of me uh, launching two products at once, Story Hero and Inbox Hero. Like I launched Story Hero And then on the tail end of Story Hero launched Inbox Hero and kind of both of them at once saying like you can get Story Hero at checkout um, for Inbox Hero. You can get Inbox Hero at checkout for Story Hero, like for either one for a discount, the same discount. And that launch really smashed it. I mean, that was a quarter mil. Howdy! Nice. Nice. What prompted you to launch them back to back like that instead of... (laughs) waiting a little bit bad planning the story hero was ready to launch and then i realized well it was the middle of summer and i was like i don't want to wait till fall to launch inbox hero again i think this is when i was going to do it i had neglected to look at the calendar and i was like i guess this is the only time to do it just about every time i've launched something i've totally taken my manager Sandra by surprise every time she's like wait you also want to launch this other thing right now like I I wasn't aware we were doing that like yeah me neither but we're doing it so (laughs) uh it's always interesting when you see inside a a business because sometimes it seems like it's all smooth sailing on the outside but in the inside you know like (laughs) stuff just things are things are happening So looking back, is there anything you would have done differently for that very first launch now that you have the wisdom of several years? I don't think so because it went so well. And I I think it went so well because my audience was waiting for something from me. Like I hadn't created anything new in a long time. So, you know, there's nothing that I would go back and do differently if I were outside, like if I were me and that was somebody else's launch and they were showing it to me, like, here's what I'm planning to do. I would probably tell them, like, I suggest you do a beta launch and so that you can get testimonials or 
deliver it as a bonus, um, which I don't No, I didn't do that. I've done that with later products, delivered it as a bonus for an affiliate launch or something or one of mine, and then and gotten testimonials from those people who got it as a bonus and then was able to launch it with those testimonials because I think that they are everything. In this case, I put in testimonials about other things that I've done for the initial launch, like for that sales page. And they worked, but I would probably tell myself to do a beta launch. Turned out I didn't need it, but it was, who knows, maybe it would have done even better. You have an advantage here in that you are a writer. And so people who've been following you, they've seen your writing every week and they're won over to the fact that you know what you're doing, you know, and so you (laughs) launch a product based on writing. It's it's just a natural fit. We're speaking to a lot of new coaches right now who don't Mm -hmm. have the kind of email community or reach that you have when you launch this. So if you were giving advice or insight or guidance to a new coach who wants to launch an online product, but they don't have quite the size community that you do, what would you suggest or consider? I would say no matter what size your community, get them on your list, like have them on an email list, whatever size they are. I mean, you always want to be adding new people in and so out on social or wherever you express yourself and reach people, you want to be talking about uh, the benefits of being on your list. You want to be luring people to your list and into your community, into the fold. But I was going to say, no matter what the size of that list, you want to email them regularly, build trust with them, get them used to expecting awesomeness from you rather than what most people do, which is say, I don't really have anything to say. I'm going to wait until I have an offer to make and then I'll reach out to my list. You don't want to do that. That's, that's ghosting them and then coming back and being like, you know, you up. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, And then being like, who the F are you? Remember that if if these people are on your list, you are not bugging them. Uh, The things that you write to them, it nothing. It doesn't have to be epic. Nobody ever unsubscribed because your email was too short. You want to deliver value, yes, but they're all different forms of value. So don't think that value always has to be some actionable tip, like you know, three ways to get over imposter syndrome. How many times are you going to say that? Uh, It can be in so many forms. So telling a story that changes my perspective that day and makes me think, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's value. Making me feel anything is value. Like, oh, now you got me riled up, or I hate that too. Making me feel less alone. Anytime you share your own struggles, challenges, insecurities, most people call it being vulnerable. I don't like the that V word because I think it's so overused. Um, so I call it flossom. And but being, <laughs> <laughs> being flossom. Right. Yep. Wait, I, wait. I'm not getting it. Flossom. Um, awesome. Plus, what's the F? Plus flawed. Flawed. Yes. Gotcha. I love it. Flaunting your flaws. And that is what's awesome. So I always say that can that perfection doesn't create connection. So you want to be as you and human as you are with your friends in your emails. And also treat those emails like what I call an EFAB, which is an email from a bestie. So in your emails to your list, you want to be writing to one person because that's how we would write to a friend. We want to think about it that way. Would I write this to a friend? 
You don't want to lecture and preach because read your words and then imagine yourself writing them to a friend. And you might think, oh my God, no, I would never, ever say this to a friend. I wouldn't write something that was like, you know, when we experience imposter syndrome, we are often inclined to believe that it is real. However, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't write that way. You would say like, hey, Christy, um, had a moment the other day of feeling like a total fraud. Uh, I was blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this person asked me to, to give a quick talk. And I thought, who am I to, who am I to do that? I don't know shit about that. Um, so how would you write it to a friend? You want to write engaging stories in the way that you would tell them to a friend. And it makes them feel connected to you. It makes them feel like they would be friends with you in real life. If you met in real life, like we'd be besties. And that makes them want to buy from you. Even if they don't necessarily need what you're offering, some people will buy it just to feel more connected to you and to get to experience you in some other way. That's what emails will do if you send them regularly, consistently. I prefer prolifically, like as, like even more than once a week. I say go for three times a week if you can, if you can get it up to do that. There's always something to write about. And the more you write, the more you write. The more you write, the more you write. I love that. And nobody ever unsubscribed because it was too short. That's another great thing that you said <laughs> that I you. love. I love those. Those are, those are great. As we close out our episode and keeping with our game show theme, we always like to play a fun game. This game, as always, is brought to us by two things, chocolate and awesome. The chocolate is chocolate-covered biscotti for today's episode. If you guys listening haven't had a chocolate-covered biscotti in a while, oh my gosh, get yourself one. It's so good. And the awesome is our program, Build a Real Business, here at Coach Pony. So if you need help building your business and want amazing training support and community as a new or struggling coach, come on over to coachpony.com and learn more. So we're playing higher or lower. And um, I'm going to ask you a question and make a wildly erratic guess, and you're going to tell me if it's higher or lower. For the first launch of Inbox Hero, you had to write a bunch of launch emails. So I'm going to say you wrote 10 emails for the launch as part of the cart being open to sell Inbox Hero, higher or lower? Higher. How Do you, do you know how many emails or roughly? Um, I don't know how many I sent, but... I often will send up to six on the cart close day alone. So it's way higher. I mean, it, it was probably, oh, the cart was probably open for 12 days or 10 days or something like that. And I sent at least one email a day, plus say six on the last day, you know, so I'm going to say 20 all in all from cart open to cart close. And you told us the initial price of Inbox Hero. And I'm going to guess today, you said you raised the price, but you did not say what the current price is. So today, I'm going to say the current price of Inbox Hero is $4.99, higher or lower. Ding, right on the money. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I did mention it. So you might have cheated without even knowing it. Oh, no. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I absorbed I'm it. All so I'm going to say that since you've been selling it for several years, that you have spent money on ads, I'm going to guess, a little bit at some point. So and it'll be hilarious if the answer is zero. But okay, so the <laughs> amount of money you've spent on ads to market this product, I'm going to say is $5,000. 
Higher or lower? Lower. Lower. But have you spent money at all? It's zero. Um, so I have now, in the past year, I have spent some money on ads for lead gen. They send people to my freebie, which is my 33 most open subject lines. It's my my guide to non-sucky subject lines. And I am terrible at ads and have a real block about them. And that's why I didn't start doing them until like the past year. I don't even know if they're working. My ads person will tell me occasionally like your ads are working beautifully. I don't think that's the case. I think it's all relative, like beautifully considering ads are a shit show right now. Mm, That is a true story. Yes. So I don't even know if that spend is bringing me any significant uh, number of leads. Judging from the comments I get on some, like from different audiences, like um, it's a bunch of older grumpy white men who will say like, I don't know, one of them just commented, let me know when you're talking shemp. And then it was a picture of some actor, some like, I don't know, 20s movie actor, you know, corny stuff like that, or people saying like, oh, yeah, nice scam. Um, I'm like, I'm not sure what the scam is. But that's all to say that I don't put much stock in ads and have never spent a dime on them to promote Inbox Hero, which I've been told I should, but I just don't. I love that you said that because I think sometimes, especially newer people, newer business owners, and a lot of coaches fall into this, is they want something easy to market their business and ads feel easy. Mm-hmm. But it's a good reminder that super successful people can sell products without any ads at all. And they're doing just fine. And ads, in fact, are not easy. And they can often just, it's often like setting money on fire. So, you know, it's not a great place to start as a new coach and you can do a lot without any ads at all. So thank you for being that real life data point for all of our coaches listening, because I preach as a new coach, please don't spend money on ads. Use organic marketing first and foremost, you'll do better. So with that, I want to say thanks for playing higher or lower. I hope it was pretty painless. And I want to just let people know where to reach you. So you mentioned your awesome freebie. So please talk about that first and tell people how to find you. So especially if you're all excited about emails now, I hope you are. You should come and grab my freebie, which is my non-sucky subject lines. It's my 33 most open subject lines plus four that tanked. And I'll tell you why I think they tanked and templates to make your own scroll stopping subject lines. Uh, So that's at talkingshrimp.com slash subject lines, all one word. You'll also find it if you come over to talkingshrimp.com. There are other things, other freebies floating around there um, that you can sign up for. But I think that's the one that you're going to want the most. Um, There's also five secrets to non-sucky copy on that homepage. So come find me there. Please come find me on Instagram. And if you got something out of this episode, I think uh, tag us both in your stories. We love it. I will story you back. And so I'm at Talking Shrimp NYC over there. Awesome. Talking Shrimp NYC, TalkingShrimp.com. Everyone, please go and check out all of Laura's amazing offerings and consider getting yourself on the list for Inbox Hero. And so with that, I want to say thank you so much for being on the Coach Pony podcast, Laura. It was a delight. Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, we'll see you on the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with another coach. And if you need more practical business help, 
for the love of chocolate, please go to coachpony.com and sign up for a free guide and business training designed to help you get paying clients. We'll see you over at www.coachpony.com.